and welcome to Cloud Insiders, the podcast that brings cloud down to earth, brought to you by Extrovert. Today is a tech-focused episode where we bring you the tools, tips, and tricks that make your life in the cloud easier. Today we are talking about VMware's digital workspace platform, Workspace ONE, with Extrovert lead consultant Curtis Brown. How's it going, Curtis? Well, it's um, been a busy time. We're um, moving a lot of projects through with Workspace ONE at the moment, it's getting a lot of traction, particularly um, uh, on the cloud side as a SaaS service and so forth. It's proving to be very popular, especially given the uh, uh, end of upcoming end of life of Windows 7 and some of the uh, management paradigms around that um, and the impact. Big picture, it's certainly uh, busy times. Yeah. Well, in that case, I will try not to take up too much of your time and we will jump straight into it. Curtis, what is VMware Workspace ONE and what products and solutions does it encompass? Okay, well, Workspace ONE is uh, somewhat a game of two halves. Um, in fact, its heritage is very much uh, maps that out as well. So you've got Workspace ONE, a unified endpoint management. Unified endpoint management is the product formerly known as AirWatch. So it comes from an MDM background, mobile device management, but it's since evolved to take on not just mobile devices, but uh, Windows desktop and laptop device management and Mac OS as well. The other side of the coin is the uh, product now known as Access, which you could argue is indeed a flexible friend in that it boasts both the role of single sign-on capabilities for SaaS applications, an aggregator if you will, but it also provides an ability to provide integration into multitudes of identity sources and providers. So for multi-factor, multi-factor authentication, active directory or directory service integration. And we can then use that to look at context-based logons. So are they coming in from a web browser or are they using the Workspace ONE hub client that uh, ties both UEM and access together, or whether we're using a web browser, what location, IP sensitivity, and so on and so forth. Okay, so we're talking about contextual access to a central hub, essentially. Yeah. I'm guessing this must tie in with like NSX and stuff like that quite nicely then, so that security endpoints are all covered. Somewhat, yeah. I mean, if we look at it from a point of view of um, as an application presentation tool, because that's fundamentally what businesses now are after. Managing operating systems is important, but that's the platform. What users actually want are their applications, and that's where Workspace ONE specializes. So in that sense, we can pull together SaaS applications and we can also manage um, device-based app store, app-based applications. But in terms of getting back into the estate, for example, we can manage VPN connections inbound, which of course is there where you start looking at integration with NSX if you're talking a VMware environment. Mm-hmm. So the user can connect in using a Workspace ONE managed endpoint and use a unified access gateway part of Workspace ONE and indeed VMware Horizon. And from there, you can um, uh, use NSX policies to manage secure routing to particular applications. So we might have a, an internal web application sitting on a maybe a medieval a Windows server somewhere, something very old and proprietary. And we can have a per app VPN from the Workspace ONE client. So user clicks that application and it sets up that connection into the company estate and then NSX makes sure that that traffic only goes between the UAG and the application server so there's no leakage. Mm. So it's pretty clever stuff there. Yeah, all tying itself in to become one huge, well, 
if you were, as you say, if you were going VMware, all ties in in one big neat bow. But it even gets more convoluted than that because we can then drag in a VDI or application publishing solution, such as um, usually Horizon, because obviously it's VMware. Um, we can present mm. that through Workspace One as well, or indeed we can have uh, support for Citrix in there as well. Yeah, who are also doing a big old push on their Workspace in the last month or so, haven't they? Indeed, and you'll find, I'm sure, uh, if you drag a Citrix person in, they will start talking about integration the other way, so uh, into VMware products, because that's the way the market's moving. Uh, business is moving into this very holistic uh, approach, whether it's VMware's take on on-prem cloud integrating with with um, Azure, AWS, and so forth. And here on the UC side, we're talking about products that could integrate into different identity providers. So we could push Workspace One into Ping Federate, for example, or Okta, um, or we can serve applications that are based on Citrix, Horizon, SaaS, or even traditional um, client-based applications. Which brings us beautifully onto our next question. How can organizations make the most of Workspace ONE in their digital workspace journey? So you're talking about lots of different approaches, lots of different ways that people can use various products. So how does Workspace ONE work in this journey? I think journey is the operative word here. And like all journeys, um, you need to make a plan. You need to consider where you are now what is the situation in the business now? How are applications not only, uh, what's the life cycle currently? What's the delivery mechanisms? How are users using those applications? Where do they want to use them? Get that requirements battered out first. That's key before you even look at any technology, more so now than it ever has been. And then from that sort of point, we can then start, it, rather than the mad rush towards a, a digital workspace utopia, think about where it fits in the business, why you want to do it. Um, and once you've got that picture, then start embarking in a, a grad, in a gradual implementation of these technologies, because trying to push everything all at once can sometimes be a traumatic experience for the end users, and it can actually be uh, detrimental to the work experience. At the end of the day, the business must continue, and these these tools should serve that business, not that not cause complexity and um, uh, disruption. Kind of skipping ahead a bit here, it's kind of saying that the easiest way to simplify your journey is to plan it well in advance, know the obstacles that are coming up. Yeah, and then define use cases. Um, think about why you want to do these things um, and what, what benefit is it to the user to do so. I think that's um, sometimes the, the, the technology can be very glitzy, very glamorous and very useful, but you have to think why you would use this. and. Um, this, in this case, with Workspace ONE, and indeed a lot of these uh, more modern means of doing that, uh, allows for efficiency gains. And I think that's, that's a, key, a key thing to consider, that ability to be both flexible, but also improve security and secure access at the same time. You've brought up their use cases, you've kind of said flexibility and security, but in your experience, are those the only use cases? Are there lots and lots of use cases that you can yeah, I mean, there's, there's flexibility in and of itself is what is flexibility? And we start looking at what is the working pattern for the user? Do they need to be able, are they sitting at a desk all day working at a call center in which case? 
they don't need to be that flexible. And we've got a lot of use cases now where home, working from home, for example, is becoming more important. The ability to be mobile has expanded from just from the traditional days of field engineers and salesmen to um, including uh, staff who may work at work from home one day a week. Now, is does do we expand that context still further and say is this just corporate devices or do we want to in, in, look at uh, B, BYOD, bring your own device? Mm. Um, and we need the tooling now to be able to support that traditional mechanisms for managing devices and managing applications are very rigid, very unwieldy, um, and they lack the capability to really do a thorough job of providing the gap between the different use cases and the ability to provision them in a secure and reliable manner. And let's remember security is becoming more and more paramount as days progress. Perfect. Um, so, what would be your tips for a digital workspace success? What would be your journey plan to get a user from, mm, yeah, let's say rock bottom, wherever they are, wherever your point of most <laughs> of horrible places would be, to workspace one perfection? Yeah, I guess the, the the lowest point would more than likely be a traditional Windows world where you've got a traditional domain membership type affair with maybe an application delivery mechanism or maybe not or something handcrafted. You do see some smaller organizations or legacy organizations where things are still hand built. Mm. Uh, uh, what we the the route there would be the first thing to do is find out what the users do and how they work what is their day-to-day -day life and that can mean talking to team leads and so forth but um, often it's the grassroots because they're the ones who are going to be using the tooling it's not the it team uh, let's let's consider those users not as users anymore end user computers a convenient package but at the end of the day they are our colleagues and therefore, we need to consider how do we make our colleagues' life easier? And that's where, um, and as a consequence, not just easier, but also safer and more ability to uh, leverage the tooling that they have, the device they have to the maximum, but without making their life a pain. Yeah. So step one, requirements gathering yep. straight from the user, skipping out their IT team. Yep. Um, the IT team are important and they, after all, are going to have to look after it. So they're the next port of call because they are at the moment delivering those applications to those end users using whatever technology. So they are still an important factor in this. And of course, they will be looking after whatever solution comes along. Um, so they need to be part of that journey as well. Um, they, in their case, we have to find out, okay, so users getting these applications, what are the problems that IT are facing? What are the IT difficulties um, in delivering that in a context that um, meets the requirements now, but maybe also meets the future needs as well? So they become the next part of the journey. And then after that, it becomes a case of defining what your future workspace should look like. What is, the, what is the new world? What's the end game? What's the, the destination of our journey? And I think in that sense, that's where we start looking at the technical side of matters. What are the solutions and how we're going to get down that road? Okay. I mean, I guess we could look at uh, the workspace one itself. We drill down into a little bit of that if you want. Yeah, go for it. So 
uh, Workspace One, as I said earlier, is, is one of these, um, it's an amalgam of a couple of technology points. But when we look at the, the tooling that's around it, what we can actually support. So if we consider we have a true, going back to our case a minute ago, a legacy world, let's say Windows desktops running uh, system center configuration manager push applications down. How do we go? What, what Where do we want to take that in the future? Well, that might well be in a workspace one world, uh, uh, Windows 10 devices with the workspace one hub agents we leverage uh, UEM to push down configuration down to those devices to make sure they adhere to policy, whether they're encrypted, whether they meet requirements for antivirus. Um, and we can also then push down uh, Windows 32-bit applications. Um, we can use it to push uh, the configuration for those applications as well, or even files and content as well down to devices. But on top of that, of course, with that Workspace ONE hub agent that we can install on that machine, that also provides us a direct access into the uh, VMware Workspace ONE access side where we're pushing our SaaS applications, our virtual desktops, or even published applications, a la Citrix, uh, that sort of side of matters. So we end up with this one-stop uh, tooling that can do that. But the beauty of it is, is that we can deploy Workspace ONE in one of two contexts. We could go traditional and put those components on, on premises, uh, which is fine and, is, uh, and it works. But they, we could equally deploy that in the cloud as a SaaS service, which is usually beneficial to um, uh, most organizations. It's one less thing to support. We no longer have to support the infrastructure and the uh, complexity around that mm. if we deploy it as a SaaS offering. Brilliant. I have this one written in brackets. That's from uh, a comment on to. Oh, you've just talked about Intelligence Hub, didn't you? Yeah, you know, Intelligent Hub is, uh, is, is in some respects Workspace ONE's um, destination. Um, it's, an, um, it's an ability to present uh, a multitude of uh, capabilities in one single point. So we can publish our SaaS applications there. If we've got the hub agent on an endpoint device, we can publish uh, uh, App Store applications. So it doesn't matter what endpoint we're coming in from, it is intelligent enough to know what applications can run on that device. So if we look at an iOS device with the intelligent hub application in there, let's say we push apps from the Apple App Store, it'll only go to iOS devices as opposed to if it's a Windows desktop with the Hub app and we can push either Win32 native applications or if you can find the right one, a Windows App Store application. But they all sit alongside um, in the same Hub portal as SaaS-based applications that you can also click on. Good old-fashioned web URLs earlier the uh, horizon and citrix style integration as well yeah well wonderful so is there anything else you'd like to add about workspace one and how it works and the wonders that it can bring to a workplace uh, i think that about covers it i mean it, it's one of these evolving uh, journeys and an evolving product so given that um, vmware recently have um, had an acquisition of, an, uh, of a security and anti-malware provider we're already starting to see um, evidence of integration of that into the Workspace ONE portfolio to manage the physical endpoints as well. So that we, we live in interesting times and certainly fast evolving times. 
Brilliant. And um, of course, the reason we always get, well, we try to always get you on for our uh, Workspace and EUC podcast is because you live and breathe EUC. And of course, you're part of the founding group of the VMware EUC user group. Uh, what's going on there? What can you tell us about that? Well, the, the, the EUC TechCon that we're proposing to run this year um, is actually uh, something that uh, was originally founded in, uh, in the Netherlands. They've been running it now for a number of years. And um, they, uh, the committee in the Netherlands approached both uh, a number of um, partners, including Extrovert, hence myself, and um, a couple of other partners, plus internal VMware, about establishing a similar conference that's purely focused on end-user compute um, with a VMware flavor around it. So it'll be all things Workspace ONE and Horizon. That's absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you so much. As ever, Curtis, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, if anyone would like to reach out and talk to you, where would be the best place for them to find you? Uh, well, I do loiter around on Twitter, uh, so at CurtisBrown01. I like to give a sarcastic response or something um, witty and deep and deep and meaningful. Um, uh, but, uh, and of course, I shall be at the uh, TechCon. But uh, yeah, that's probably the easiest bet. Yep, and you've got lots of content available if anyone would like to find it on extrovert.com. If anyone would like to follow me on Twitter, I am CI underscore Stew. And of course, you can follow Cloud Insiders at Cloud Insiders. Um, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify and podcasts on Android. Um, anywhere that you usually get your podcasts from, you should be able to find us. You can find all our previous episodes now on YouTube as well. If you have any ideas for future episodes or if you'd just like to reach out and talk to us, you can get us at team at cloudinsiders.fm. Uh, and if you want to find out more, go to cloudinsiders.fm. Curtis, it has been absolutely wonderful talking to you. Thanks very much. It's been good. Thank you.